symbolic of what we do and where we live and how we live. What do I mean by that? I mean that throughout our lives, we find ourselves at crossroads. Sometimes they're little crossroads. Sometimes they're big crossroads. When we leave here today, you guys are going to be at a crossroads. Do I go home and eat or do I go out to eat? That's a crossroad. You have to make a decision. You say, well, that's not that big of a decision. And it's not, but it's an important decision, and it's a decision that has to be made. And throughout our lives, we find ourselves standing in crossroads, decisions that have to be made. The other reason is because of where we're located. Central Florida is literally, literally called the crossroads of the world. There's a reason for that. We are at a point of influence here in our community that many communities in this world, they just don't have. You know, we've been studying through the book of Revelation, and, and people say, well, why, why those seven churches? Why did God choose those seven churches? Of all the churches that were in the world at the time, why those seven did, did God highlight and record and have John write down a message to those seven churches? And the simple answer is because of where they were located. They were located where east meets west. They were in a point of influence in the world at that time. And with that point of influence came increased responsibility. And unfortunately, some of the churches, they weren't meeting up, living up to those demands. So it's very valuable for us to study the seven churches. We just got done studying that. It's all on, on podcast um, if you want to go back and listen to it. But it's important that we understand those seven churches because this, the, the point of influence isn't Greece anymore for the world. It's Central Florida. It's the United States. The world looks at the United States to see what we're doing. We are a place of influence. That may change in 10 years, 15, 20, 30, 40 years from now. It may change. Probably will change. But right now, we are a point of influence. Even with COVID, we still have more visitors coming here from around the world, passing through this little, this little peninsula of Florida than anywhere else in the world. We have a huge responsibility. We have to tell these people about Jesus Christ. Because as they stand in this crossroads, they deserve to know the truth. And just like what happened back with those seven churches, when they told the truth, the truth flourished around the world. We have that opportunity here in Central Florida. More so than anywhere else in the country. God didn't just place you here. I like to hear people's stories. I'm a story kind of guy. And I like to hear people's stories. Why are you in St. Cloud? If you weren't born here, why are you here? There's a story there. And I like to hear the stories. I like to dig into those stories. Sometimes it was for a job. Sometimes it was marriage. Sometimes parents moved here and brought people. For whatever reason, you're here in St. Cloud. Why are you here? You have a story. And while all of our stories may be different, our responsibility as Christians is the same. To tell the world about Jesus Christ. You've been given that opportunity. Back to that first meaning of crossroads. We understand that life is made up of a series of crossroads. You got up this morning and had to decide, am I going to go to church? Am I going to watch online? If you made the choice to come to church, you're going to get a free CD today. Just putting that out there, you made a good choice. If you're watching from home, you don't get a CD, but you get to watch in your pajamas. 
So, you know, it's a choice. It's a crossroads. He won't let me wear my pajamas to church anymore. <laughs> Michaela gets tickled because you guys don't know this. You get to look behind the scenes here. You ready to look behind the veil a little bit? Tonight, when we're doing our Revelation study, I'll be wearing pajama bottoms. <laughs> and probably this shirt. See, this shirt will come off when I get home and I get relaxed. And when it's time to go, I'll put this shirt back on. But there's no shoes on. And it's pajama <laughs> bottoms. And Michaela just thinks that's hilarious. You guys only see me from here up. What do I need to wear pants for? Right? Where was I going with that? How did I get the pajama bottom? Oh. But we have choices to make. And some, some of them are little choices. Some of them are little tiny crossroads we stand at. Dozens a day. And those are important, important crossroads because how we live our life is, is how the world sees us, how the world judges us. And the world does judge us. So even though they're little decisions, they, they're huge in the eyes of the world. But sometimes we stand at crossroads that are big crossroads. We've got some of our recent graduates here. They have to decide where they're going to go to college. They have to decide what they're going to do with the rest of their lives. Big crossroads. Big decisions. And sometimes we get it wrong. And sometimes we have to back up. Because when we stand at a crossroads, we usually have four choices. We can go right, we can go left, we can go straight ahead. Or sometimes we can go back a little bit. Not often can we go very far back. But sometimes we can. And the world even acknowledges that decisions are important. I think it was Robert Frost, probably one of the most well-known poems, the non-biblical poems that was written was written by Robert Frost. And since it's so well-known, I've probably got it wrong. But he talks about being at a crossroads. He says, you know, he sees two paths. And he chose the one less traveled, and it made all the difference in the world. Now, was it because it was less traveled? Or did he just make a good decision? People have been contemplating that for years. The point is, decisions matter. And sometimes they're little decisions, sometimes they're big decisions, but, but we have to make decisions. Probably one of the biggest crossroads we ever stand at in our lives is what are we going to do with our eternity? That's big. You know, because profession and marriage and all, that's just in this life. You know, if you decide, I'm going to be a doctor, then you hate being a doctor, well, you're only miserable for like 50 years. <laughs> then you get to stop being a doctor, because we don't need doctors in heaven. So those are temporary. They may seem like forever. You decide, who am I going to marry? You marry the wrong person. Well, you're miserable for the rest of your life, but only here, because <laughs> there it gets better, because there's no nagging in heaven either. We don't talk about that much. The <laughs> nagging goes away. Those are big decisions, but probably the biggest decision is, what do we do with our eternity? Where do we spend our eternity? We all have to make decisions. In the book of Joshua, I want to read a couple verses to you. Joshua chapter 24. Now, Joshua's, Joshua's getting closer to the end of his ministry. And he's looking around, he's reevaluating, and he's talking to his people this nation that God gave him that he loves so much, and he sees some problems. 
He sees some good stuff, but he sees some problems. We won't read the, his ent entire speech here, but I want you to see something in, in, in chapter number 24. Verse 13, he says, And I have given you a land for which you did not labor, and cities which you built not, and ye dwell in them of the vineyards and olive yards which you planted not, do you eat. Throughout this, these chapters prior to this, these verses prior to this, he talks about one blessing God has given them after another blessing after another blessing that God has given them. The problem is, though, that in spite of these blessings, many of them have turned their backs upon God. They've turned their backs and looked, they've looked to something that is, seems to be more appealing, something more worldly, something fresher. They've allowed their minds to be clouded by outside influences, and they've turned to idols, and they've turned to other gods. Joshua is saying, look at all God did for you. Look at all the blessings that he's given you. And you've turned. He gives them a warning in verse 14. He says, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him sincerely and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. Verse 15, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua's challenging them. He's saying, You're standing at a crossroads. As a matter of fact, you've already started to walk away from this crossroads and you're going the wrong way because you're serving other gods. So how does that apply to us today? I don't think anybody here is worshiping Egyptian gods, are you? Anybody here worshiping the gods of the Amorites? Many of us are still worshiping other gods, though. See, when we think of idols and we think of gods, we think of statues, demonic things. But in reality, a god is anything that takes the place of the true god anything it can be something really good outside of salvation one of the greatest blessings that god gave to us is our families now some of you are probably thinking have you met my family trust me it can get worse god gave us family why because we need that based on the way he designed us that were built after his image we need to be social. We need people around us that we can trust. We need people that, that's why we, we search for true love or soulmate. I love that word, soulmate. People use that word, they have no idea what it means. You know how I have no idea? Because I'm smarter, why I know they have no idea because I'm smarter than them. I don't know exactly what it means. But they use that word, I'm looking for my soulmate. Well, what about the other five soulmates? Didn't work out with them. But we, we look, we, we have that desire. What do we want? We want somebody that will love us the way we're supposed to love God. Remember, he's our father. We're in his image. What does that mean? To love us unconditionally. We want somebody that will love us in sickness and in health. That's why that's there. Because we want somebody that, that you know, if we get sick tomorrow, we don't have to wonder, are they going to stay? Or are they going to leave? We want somebody that will love us when all the money's gone. We want somebody that will love us when we, we get old and fat and things start breaking down and 
parts fall off. We want somebody that's still going to be there and love. We want somebody that when we're at our worst, we're having that worst day and we, we snap at them. We want them to, we want to know that when we come back to apologize, they're going to be there ready to hear it. We want those things. We stand at those crossroads and we, we look for those things. We, we make those choices. We make those decisions. Joshua is standing at that crossroads and he's telling them, you know, you, you've made decisions. You've made decisions to follow other gods. And sometimes as great as family is, we elevate family above God. And we take something that God meant to be a great blessing to us and we turn it into something that he can't bless. That's always the irony of it, isn't it? That we love our family so much that we elevate them above God. And in essence, what we do is we do the most cruel thing to our family we can possibly do. We take away the ability for God to bless our family. Because we've placed them in a position that's only reserved for him. So we got Lucifer kicked out of heaven. Putting himself in a place reserved for God. We do the same thing to our family. We do the same thing to our jobs when we allow those things to be more important than God. You say, well, I would never do that. We've all done that. We've all been guilty of that at one point or another in our life where we've taken something earthly and made it, given it the priority over God. There are many people here that are doing that or that aren't here today that are watching us online. They're about to get mad at me because they're doing it right now. And there goes our online numbers. Sometimes the truth is hard to swallow. It's that bitter pill of medicine. There are many that are out doing other things. They're, you know, on the way to church, how many people did you pass today that were, had boats in tow? They've made a choice. They stood at a crossroads and they made a choice. I can follow God or I can follow the gods of this world. See, the warning that Joshua was giving to his people wasn't just a warning for his people. It's a warning for all of us. We have to make a decision. Standing here in the crossroads of the world, we have to make a decision. Are we going to follow the gods of this world or are we going to follow God? I hope and pray that you are as emphatic as Joshua was. You know, there was no hesitation in his voice. He's like, this is what you should do. This is what you're supposed to do. This is what God deserves. And you, got, you have to make the decision. I can't make it for you, but I can tell you this. For me, for my family, we're going to follow the Lord. And I stand here with you today and tell you I'm going to follow the Lord. I can't make you follow the Lord. But I can tell you, you've got to make a decision. And by the way, not making a decision is a decision. You have to choose. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you've got to make a choice. You have to decide today. Waiting till tomorrow, you've already made a decision. And it's a bad one. But I can't tell you what to do. All I can tell you is what I did. I chose to follow the Lord. Long before I became a pastor, my eternity was settled. 
not because of me, but because I stood at a crossroads and I, and I saw the price that was paid by Jesus Christ and I said, I choose that. Seems like an easy decision. But most people of our world don't choose that. They see the price that Jesus Christ paid and said, that looks too hard for me. I never understood that. Because Jesus Christ paid it all. It's the easy path. Not that we choose it because it's the easy path. It's the other path. It's the hard path. The well-worn path. The path that generation after generation has ran down. The way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is destruction. Death. Hell. So if you're here today, you've never made that decision. You're standing at the crossroads right now. See, here's the great thing about that crossroads. Remember I told you you can't go back on most crossroads? Once it's done, it's done. You, know, you, you can't go back and, and, and untake a job. You can quit a job, but that, that's a, another decision moving forward. You can't go back in time and change it. You can't go back in time and unmarry somebody. You can't go back in time and, and, and unbirth some kids no matter how much you want to. I've looked into it. It's not possible. You can't go back and do this, but the decision about Jesus Christ is one of those decisions that as long as we still have breath, as long as you still have the ability to make decisions, and you guys in here, pretty much all of you are there, a couple of you I'm not sure about, but most of you still have the mental facility to be able to make a decision, you're still standing at that crossroad. That's the great thing about that crossroad is that crossroad doesn't expire until we expire. If you're here today and you've never made that decision, or maybe you, you went down the wrong path, it's not too late to change. It's not too late to accept the price that Jesus Christ paid on the cross for your salvation. By the way, your salvation is paid for whether you accept the price or not. I'll pick on you twice, Nathan. It's the only way I can keep you awake. If I told you, Nathan, I'm, I'm very proud of you. By the way, I'm very proud of you for graduating. Both of you guys, you had tough work. If I said, I'm so proud of you, I bought you a new car. You'd be like, yeah, new car. All you got to do is go down to the dealership and pick it up. Would you go pick it up? Or would you like, oh, seems too hard. <laughs> of course, you'd go get the car, right? I'm not buying you a car. Talk to your dad. But you'd go get it, right? Like, free car? You'd probably walk there if you had to. If mom said, I'm not taking you, are like, well, it's five miles, I'll walk. Right? Because you would go get that free car. You wouldn't just leave it sit there. Because it, it's already paid for. If, if you don't get it, it just sits there. And nobody gets it. But how many people do we know that do the same thing with salvation? I was like, it's all paid for. You don't even have to walk five miles to get it. Because you're standing right in front of it. All you got to do is reach out and take it. Just take the keys. And it's yours. And people look at it and say, ah, seems like a lot of work. That's the, the delusion Satan places in our mind, the foolishness that he gets us to believe. We start to believe these things that just simply aren't true. 
Choosing Jesus is the easiest decision you'll ever make. And the greatest decision you'll ever make. Because it doesn't just expire in 50 years, like many of us. It goes on and on for all of eternity. Don't get so wrapped up in this world that you forget that this is just a small, small piece of you. It's much bigger. So my question simply is, if you're here today, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? If not, you can do that today. If you have, how are you doing on all those other decisions? When you stand at the crossroads, are you just blindly running down the path, or are you consulting God's Word and His Spirit to see where you should go? If you're doing pretty good with that, God's placed you in the crossroads of the world so that you can help other people receive that free gift. We all have something to pray about today. Because see, just like with crossroads, each one of us is at a different crossroads today. Some of you may be sitting there saying, you know what, I need Jesus Christ. Some of you may be sitting there saying, I've, I've got Jesus Christ, but you know what, I'm not doing a real good job reading my Bible. Some of you are saying, I got Jesus, I got reading my Bible, I don't pray as much as I should. Maybe you're getting all those things right, but you say, you know what, I haven't told anybody about Jesus Christ since COVID started. Things have gotten different. Lots of things in our world has changed, but one thing hasn't changed, our orders are the same. Go, tell. When was the last time you went and told? Hey, we need to pray about that today. We're going to have a time of invitation. We're going to ask Brother Stan if he'd come back and sing a song. We're going to ask everybody else to stand and bow your heads. Because even though Stan is singing, I want, you, I want this to be a personal time between you and God. And I want you to pray for those decisions. I want you to look and see what crossroad am I standing at today. And ask God, which path should I take today? If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, then please come forward let me show you in the Word of God or see me after the service. Let me show you exactly what the Bible says about that free gift. Don't just take my word for it. Look and see what the Bible has to say about it. With every head bowed, every eye closed, Brother Stan.